morning, everybody. It's Jeff Goldberg for the Sales Pro Network. It is Friday, December 3rd. I'm here in New York. It's a little chilly today, but uh, at least the sun is shining. Uh, as you know, I'm a sales coach and trainer. I work with both individuals and organizations to help them get measurable and sustainable sales increases. And I founded the Sales Pro Network for two reasons. One, to elevate the profession of sales, and two, to help you make more money. Every Friday, as you know, at 10 a.m. Eastern, we either do a live training with me or I bring in a guest who can add value to the profession of sales. And I guarantee, as I always say, today is no exception. It's my pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Susan Enns. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so good to see you. I was trying to think of how we first met, Susan. I think I responded to a post that you made on LinkedIn because I was so impressed with what you had said that I reached out and we became friendly after that. Does, does that sound right to you? It does sound right. I know it was was through LinkedIn and, and uh, you know, I, I appreciate your content. You've mentioned you appreciate my content. Um, and I think that's we, we bonded, became friends over wanting to advance the profession of sales. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly right. And, and uh, the, the reason I responded to Susan and continue to all the time is because she just makes sense. She doesn't teach fancy stuff. She has the fundamentals down. And she knows what it takes to be successful in sales. And I don't think I've ever seen anything that she's ever written where I go, no, that's way off base. Everything <laughs> she writes is just, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. And of course, we all love people who think like us. So Susan, would you maybe to get, get us started, maybe give us a short background, a minute or two on what brought you up to this point to be a, a sales coach? Sure. Uh, and I appreciate the, the, the feedback, Jeff. I've been in sales in one form or another, oh, for 30 plus odd years now. Um, started out feet on the street, like a lot of us doing 80 dials a day. Um, and not having much success until somebody, my mentor taught me how to sell. And, and he took me from, from there to the top uh, sales rep in, in the country, in Canada here, two years running. Uh, we took those same skills, uh, ran a, uh, got promoted to sales management. We ran the top uh, uh, branch in, in the country, took those same techniques, and we created a national channel sales organization affectionately called Timbuktu Canada, as I call it, from coast to coast to coast. And that sales organization went through, uh, through a 39% average annual growth rate every year for five years. Um, then my business partner and I decided, you know what, it's time maybe to, to even expand who we teach how to sell more. And so we started B2B Sales Connections in 2008 and we haven't looked back since books websites coaching that's that's what we do we our job is to teach people to sell more yeah we'll definitely talk about your website later which is chock full of great information most of it free it's incredible <laughs> I, I, I actually have a question about that because you're so generous by the way if you're watching us live please say hello if you have not connected your facebook to Streamyard, i won't know who you are it's just going to say facebook user so if you haven't done that please say hello and say who you are good morning steve kent always good to see you mac burnett Good to see you, my friend. A pleasure. If you're watching us on the replay, please put replay into the comments when you do. So, Susan, let's start out with sales success. How do you actually define that? What, what is sales success? Oh, excellent question. Well, I can guarantee it's not just reaching quota. <laughs> Everybody's got to define sales success in their own way, right? And, and quota is not your goal, but you probably have your own goals. I define my sales success as, as being able to fund the lifestyle I want to live. 
uh, bottom line. So I every year, and I'm about to do it as you know, um, the end of December draws near. I'll, I'll sit down and I'll write out all my goals that I want to accomplish uh, this uh, coming up in 2022. And it's not just business goals; it's personal goals. And and uh, I'm an avid golfer, so I have to work that time in and and this kind of stuff. So I define my success my sales success as what is the lifestyle I want to live? What is the income I have to earn to fund it? And then what do I have to do each and every day to earn it? Um, and it's, it's, so everybody defines sales success, in my opinion, Jeff, in their own way. All right. They have to figure out what are their goals. You mentioned we've got a goal setting and action planning worksheet on our website available for free. Go download it, go through the go through the process and figure out what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Do you want to buy a home? Do you want to buy a car? Do you want to retire early? Um, whatever it is, uh, do you want to put your kids through school? Whatever it is, define your goals and then figure out what you have to do each and every day to do it. What's a customer worth to you? How many customers do you need? How many people do you have to talk to to get a customer? How many discovery meetings? How many prospecting calls? What is it that you have to do each and every day so that when we're here a year from now, you've checked off all your short-term goals and you're moving towards your long-term goals? Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the science of selling. Selling is both an art and a science, but there is a science to it. And yep. of course, we have to know the skills and the tools and the techniques and the strategies. But yep. there is that those metrics, which most salespeople just don't want to do. And by the way, I, I could not agree more. Uh, it, you know. If you're committed to making a million dollars a year and that's success for you, that's great. If you're committed yep. to 50,000 a year, that's great too. Mm-hmm. I, I, like you, I'm committed to having my life be the way I want to live it. Exactly. Uh, I think you may remember I live a block from the ocean. I want to take an hour and go to the beach almost every day and go for a swim. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, I, right? I have to make enough money to take care of my three kids and my ex-wife and all the other stuff too. But I want my life to be, that to me is success also. And I have to agree with something else, hitting quota that's not success. No. To me, when I, when I coach sales managers, and I do a lot of that these days, sales managers and VPs of sales, I always coach the same thing. Hitting quota, that's your job. Your job is the quota. The reward for achieving your quota is you get to keep your job. Exactly. You want, you want us to shoot off fireworks and put you up on our, our backs and hold you up for, for applause? Yeah. Blow it away. Yeah. Exactly. How about, um, um, I get asked this constantly, and, and I'm sure you do too, prospecting. Uh, yep. You know, everybody, it's the bane of almost everybody's existence. I always say that anybody who tells me they enjoy prospecting is either lying or crazy, but we, we have to do it. Um, I, I know that you own a company, part of your, or part of your company uh, actually does phone prospecting for other people and organizations. Yep. Do you have any best tips for us? Maybe a couple of two, three? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it, the first thing is you really, the first tip I would have is make sure you know Who's most likely to buy from you? Have a clear, clear, clear definition of your of your target market. Um, it, you know, is it? It's dangerous to think that anybody can buy from you, and and we hear this all the time um, from sales managers, from entrepreneurs. All, a number of our clients say, "Oh, anybody can buy my product." Well, yeah, anybody can, but who will? And and have a really clear definition of of who buys your buys your product and why. Okay, um, the why is 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 very very important in terms of of defining who your your target prospect is. Right, it's it's uh, in fact December is a perfect time. Pick up the phone, talk to your best customers, and just say hi, how are you? Seasons greetings, uh, everything running smoothly. And by the way, why'd you buy from us? Right, those are great stories 
to tell to get future prospects. Uh, in fact, it's also not a bad time to ask for referrals, but that's another story. Um, it's a great uh, December activity in my mind. So that's the first thing. Truly define, take the time to define your target market, the commonalities within them, within them is size of company, et cetera. Second is you have to know when is the right time to contact a prospect, okay? Um, contacting a prospect, it's not just dialing for dollars. You have to develop some really good um, pre-qualifying questions to determine if it's the right time for the sale, right? Is it the right time from the customer's perspective? Uh, anybody doesn't buy at any time, all right? If, if I was selling cars, um, when would you rather speak to me, Jeff, in the first year of my lease or the last year of my lease? It's the timing it's of the sale, right? So you have to develop those pre-qualifying questions so that every time you connect with a, with a suspect, you have to ask yourself, are they truly a prospect? And if they are a prospect, are they a prospect today? And if they're not a prospect today, then when, right? Um, and it's not just as simple as asking, when does your car lease expire? You have to, you have to come up with some, some really good uh, qualifying questions. And then lastly is, is how to describe in 15 seconds what you do, right? That elevator pitch. Um, and, and here's a hint. This is something I tell many clients is what you sell is not what you do. <laughs> it's not. In my mind, what you, what you do is the biggest benefit you derive for your customers. That's coming back to that, why do customers buy from you? And if you can put that into that 15 second elevator pitch, um, that is a great headline for your, for your prospecting approaches, whether you're doing it email or content marketing or whatever. So those would be, I guess, my top three tip, top three prospecting tips. Yeah, a, a million percent there. Uh, I don't sell sales training. I don't sell sales coaching. I sell yeah. increased sales, yes. a shorter sales cycle. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm so with you. you. You've got to develop what I call an ideal client profile. If you don't know what your best customer should look like, yeah. how are you going to recognize them when they show up? And if you don't, you typically are going to waste a lot of time talking to people who have no desire to buy anything that you've got, no desire to even talk to you. Uh, yeah. I also love what you just said. I, I smiled because uh, I had a sales meeting with uh, one of the teams I managed just this Wednesday, and I told them the exact thing you just said. Talk to your customers and ask them why they buy from you. Yes. They are your best source of business intelligence. And the interesting thing is what they tell you may not be what you think. And I had an, I'm going to share this with you because I'm sure you can relate. I, uh, I ended a year and a half consulting engagement and I was debriefing with the VP of sales and all the sales managers. And yeah. we were going around the room, you know, what could I have done better? What did you like? What didn't you like? Things like that. And to a person, they all said, what we really like best is our salespeople now have more confidence. Now, I've been doing this a long time, and it never once occurred to me that what I do is I give salespeople confidence. It makes perfect sense now that they told me that, but right? I never thought of that yeah. before. I'm going to give you some skills and some tools. You're going to make more money. It never, th yeah. never thought confidence, but to, to a person, all nine of them were like, our people are so much more confident. Well, and you can bet now I'm using that intelligence because everybody I speak to, it's like, well, my customers yeah. tell me that one of the things they like best is when I get done, their salespeople have more confidence. Exactly. And success breeds that success. Exactly. I love it. Love it. Absolutely. Good morning, Larry Weiss, the phone guy. Good to see you. By the way, guys, if you have any questions for Susan, please put them in the comments. She's happy to answer them. So um, how do you eliminate phone tag? 
<laughs> by, uh, well, a couple different ways to, to eliminate phone tag. The first thing um, that you do in my mind is you book the next appointment before you leave the, the last one. <laughs> right. And so you want to eliminate voicemail, um, then book the next appointment right before you, before you leave. Um, that to me is the, is the biggest, biggest thing to, to eliminate phone tag. The second thing that that drives me crazy um, about communication is sometimes the illusion that it actually exists. Okay, how many times have you had this kind of phone tag? Um, hey, Jeff and Susan, give me a call, and then you phone back, and I'm in another appointment. Hey, Susan, it's Jeff. Returned your call. Give me a call. Yeah. So another way to leave uh, to eliminate phone tag internally is use detailed messages. Okay. Um, as for example, when I was a sales manager, if, if uh, a sales rep had a question for me, I wanted them to leave the question right on my voicemail so that when I call them back, if they're in an, uh, in a, uh, an appointment, I can leave the answer to their question there. Right. Don't be, the, if you're a sales manager, don't be the, the bottleneck when somebody, when a sales rep needs a question to close a sale and, and you're playing phone tag, don't stand in that way. The second thing with, with, um, phone tag is is partly with customers and prospects too okay um leave a good message leave a message that has value leave a tell me more message uh, of of uh, you know how can you make me sell more i want to know we've been able to help customers um sell more uh, in fact one customer jeff on this on my voicemail one customer jeff uh, received a testimonial says thanks for the training i achieved my quota this year in may I think I can help you too. Give me a call back. Um, you can also uh, stop if from a sales rep's perspective, stop making the mistakes that make it impossible for sales reps to even, or customers to return your call. Okay. Slow down, leave your number um, and say your number twice. Uh, here's a good tip about when you leave your phone number, write it down at the same time. If you can say it slow enough that you can write it down at the same, your phone number at the same time, so can your prospects. So that's a, we've got tons of voicemail tips like that. Um, but those are some ways that I eliminate uh, phone tag. But the key is don't leave one appointment before booking the next. <laughs> to, to me, Susan, I, I always tell audiences this. I'm about to tell you the most important thing that I will share with you. This is the number one tip I'm going to give you no matter how long we work together. And it's exactly that. Never leave a meeting or a phone call without setting up the next meeting or phone call. I, I call that the best next action step philosophy. Agreed. And, you know, what, what, you know, after Jeff, how do I get my lazy ass salespeople to go on more appointments? The other question I get all the time is how do we shorten our sales cycle? You want to shorten yeah. your sales cycle? Don't leave a meeting or phone call without setting up the next one. Otherwise it's, Hey Susan, I've got your proposal ready or Hey Susan, I'm following up on the proposal. That, that's a message I hate, by the way. I'm just following up on the proposal, which really means, did you decide to do business with me but forget to let me know? No, they didn't. Add value. Oh, I, I, that, this is why I love talking to you. Well, exactly. And that, and it's it, following up on the proposal. Well, you should know where your proposal was when you finish proposing it. You should know where the customer is in terms of, did you present the right solution for them today? If And if it was, great. What's the next step? When is it going to happen? Always determine that right time frame of the sale. Following up on a proposal is just a waste of time. As you say, well, it, well let me, it's not a waste of time, but you can make it better. 
Well, yeah. ca calling and leaving a message saying, I'm just calling to follow up on the proposal, that is a waste of time. You're I wasting agree. everybody's. If you're not adding value on every message, every interaction, then something's wrong. Why, why would people want to do business with you unless they're getting value? And we have to give first. Yeah. How about, oh, I, again, I go back to the fact that you own a company, part of your company mm -hmm. actually yep. does telephone prospecting. Mm -hmm. Are you a fan of scripting or no script? Ah, to script or no to script? That is the question. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of scripting. Um, I completely believe in scripting and I'm on record many, many times of scripting. I know some people will say, oh, you, you tend to sound canned that way. Well, okay. I don't know of any Academy Award winning actor or actress that goes in front of the camera without rehearsing the script. They just rehearse it so well that it sounds natural. All right. Uh, and all the best salespeople I've worked with over the 30 plus odd years, and, and I was one of them, okay, always had a script. And they, they might challenge me on that, but I'm going to say this. You do any joint field work with a top producer and you go to call to call to call to call, whether it's prospecting, discovery, or presentation, I will bet you will hear certain phrases over and over and over and over again. Why? Because they work. To me, that's scripting. Right. So I'm I'm a big believer in, in, in scripting. Always have be, always will be. Yeah. As am I. Look, my preference would be that we salespeople are so smart and so fast on our feet that we don't need a script and we can just have a real conversation with people. Mm -hmm. But most of us aren't that good. And the other thing is yeah. that the conversation happens in an instant. It's, yeah. it's like the prospect has their objections tattooed on the inside of their eyeballs. But, you know, cold calling, especially it's interruptive marketing. And yes. good morning to Mitch Tobel, the marketing guy. Good to see you, my friend. <laughs> uh, he says we should get nasty with the next next, next action step. I like that. I yeah. might use that, Mitch. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it's insane to not, not not be constantly moving it forward. And it, yeah. if you if you don't have the the experience and ability to have that off the cuff conversation, which most yeah. of us don't, you need a script. The other yeah. thing is, if you say the same things every time, you're going to get the same responses every time and you can be prepared for them. Now, I'm not saying every prospect is going to say the same exact thing, but in my experience, there are only seven objections that people give you when they're not going to give you an appointment. So yeah. if you can be prepared for those and listen to which one you are getting, you've got a better shot of getting an appointment and you don't have a million chances. It yeah, may well, take that's... a million touches to get somebody, but you don't have a million chances. You've got 30 seconds to get their attention and maybe get an appointment. Exactly. Let me give you an example. Okay. There's Please a do. blog post that that my business partner wrote it's called the three million dollar voicemail and he worked with this with this client um, and scripted their voicemail to bring value to bring that ask me more tell me more response um happened they were doing a blitz day uh and one rep picked up the phone used the script it was a tell me more prospect called back and it happened to be the right time at the right place. Granted, that doesn't happen all the time, but they ended up within that month closing a $3 million deal. So if you don't think that scripting and voicemail works, just read the blog post about the $3 million voicemail. And you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I think that's where I first saw you. I think that was the first post I ever read by you. The, the $3 million voicemail. I said, yep. I don't know what this is, but I got to find out because if it's <laughs> somebody $3 million, $3 million, I want to know about it. Yeah. How about, yep. you know, one of the things that's crucial, I mentioned it takes a lot of touches just to reach somebody your first time. But yes. um, when you're trying to stay in touch with a client or a prospect, how many touches per year do you recommend that a rep needs to use to stay top of mind? And what type of touches, what type of ways to stay in touch are there that, that you recommend? Well, I, 
think it depends on the situation and it depends on your product and it depends where that customer is in that buying cycle. You mentioned that that buying cycle. Am I first year of my lease or am I in the last year of my lease? Um, and if, if, if you know in, in your business that people, the buying cycle, people tend to renegotiate the use of your product every three years, for example, I would have different touch points um, and different frequencies of touch points in the first year, second year, third year, and fourth year. All right. So if, if I know chances are that they're not buying for four years, I'm going to contact them. Maybe if they're on my email list, I'm going to sell them something of value, uh, not sell, send them something of value, a good piece of content um, that just, that just keeps my name out there, right? I'm not trying to sell anything because it's not the right time to sell anything. So maybe an automated email list, um, you know, maybe a, a phone call and say, hi, I sent you this piece of content, uh, this piece of, of content. Did you find it useful? That's great. Um, you know, touch base in a, in a few months. So maybe in that, in that, if it's three years out, maybe once a quarter, Okay, depending on how how much content you have to send out in 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 an email, as we get closer to when they're going to start renegotiating their contract, and and as I said, the buying cycle has nothing to do with how often they use their product. It's when they're going to renegotiate the um, the use of that product. I drive my car every day, but I only do at least every four years, right? So as it gets closer, I will bump up that that content to perhaps uh, and contact uh, perhaps every month. Okay. Have you started looking at, at, at what's out, what's available? Um, I will do that as a diversified prospect, uh, prospecting approach, some email, some phone, um, it, depending on, on the product, there may be, even be some face-to-face -face visits to open up the process. Uh, again, you can certainly do well, even these days you can do those virtually as well, right? It's like, we're talking in the same room here. Um, and then when it really gets down to, okay, they're going to start renegotiating or start, they're on their buying cycle right away, then I will, sometimes I will do it every week. If I know I've got a product that I can help them get to where they want to go, and I'm the best person to help that prospect get to where they want to go, no follow-up is too much. Yeah, I suggest we actually owe it to not just ourselves, but to the prospect. Yeah. To, to stay in touch until they tell us not to, if we truly, what you said, if we yep. truly have something of value to them. If we're yeah. wasting their time, it's just not worth it. Don't bother. But you do need to stay in touch. And I'm going to share something with you now that uh, um, I, I'm thinking maybe I made a mistake here. But um, uh, my friend, Mitch Tobel, who I just showed you, and he now says the AVE to increase sales, add value every time, a million yeah. percent. The reason I love Mitch so much because he's a marketing expert, but he, he also gets sales completely. And this story has to do with Mitch. So Mitch is not only a brilliant marketing guy, he designs beautiful websites and he just redid mine. Uh, he does a fantastic job. I think this is the third website of mine that he's done. And I uh, he sent me the uh, the you know, sample to take a look at before I gave final approval. I said, oh, Mitch, I asked you to take out my uh, my newsletter form because I don't send my newsletter, he, which he did immediately. But here's yeah. why, why I think I may have made a mistake. And here's the story. Um, must be three or four years ago, I got a call from somebody and the guy on the phone identifies himself and he goes, you probably don't remember me, but we met five years ago and he told me his name and I said, I apologize. I meet a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm a professional speaker. Sometimes I meet 500 people in a day. Uh, yeah. You refreshed my memory. And when he started explaining who he was, I said, oh yes, of course, I remember you. You you called me up because you were having a national sales meeting. We were talking about bringing me in to do something with your team. How can I help you? And he explained he was having his, another national sales meeting. This was five years after we had first met and yeah. he wanted to bring me in. So the first question I asked was, wow, what, what happened the first time? Why didn't we do business five years ago? And he, and he laughingly said, 
Well, Jeff, I'll tell you the truth. It was sticker shock. I said, oh, okay, well, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is my prices have not gone up in the last five years. The bad news yep. is they haven't gone down. <laughs> I said, no, 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 I know what you charge. Don't worry about it. And we had a great conversation. And, uh, at the end of the conversation, I asked, I'm, I'm just curious about something. Um, I know guys like me are calling you 15 times a week. He's the president of a large organization with a bunch of salespeople. Uh, I know you get 15 calls a week from guys like me. How did I stick in your mind for the last five years? Because I know my mom thinks highly of me, but I can't expect you to. What did it? He goes, oh, that's easy. It's your monthly newsletter. I get it every month. I distribute it throughout my entire company, not just the salespeople. Yeah. I love it. And the reason he loves it, by the way, and, and I'm sure you agree, it's not about we're running a great promotion or we're the greatest company in the world. It was always me just giving information, adding value like your website does. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the key. You got You got You got to keep in touch with people because your competition is going to. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And if you don't take care of your customer, somebody else will, right? So um, I send out a, a newsletter um, regularly. And set, in fact, I send out several, depending on which uh, email list you're subscribed to. Are you in sales, sales management, uh, sales agent management, which is which is a little different. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great way to stay top of mind. That's the key. But as you say, it has to be relevant and interesting and not just a sales newsletter. Not just I'm selling to you sales newsletter. It has to be a sales how to sell newsletter, I guess is a better way of putting it. Mitch said mistakes mean I'm making progress, so I'm growing. Okay, that's, that's great. <laughs> the learning never stops. What's the old saying? It's what you learn after you think you know it all that counts. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I knew it all at about 18. And then uh, then I started telling my stepdad, who's passed away since I said, I got to tell you something. The older I get, the smarter you get. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well uh, said. Here's another subject that's near and dear yep. to my heart. Uh, referrals. Uh, yes. I find that most salespeople don't get a lot. And the reason is they don't ask for them. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about referrals? Should they ask for them? And how, what's the best way to do it? <laughs> I have a whole video on that exact approach on the, on the website of exactly uh, what I use. And you're right. Studies show more and more um, that salespeople don't ask for referrals. Crazy. And, and it, it, which is boggling to me because they're the best um, referral source or sorry, the best lead source that I know of. Right. Of in fact, that's how social media was 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 founded. You're telling two friends about something you like, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. Well, referrals are the same thing. But I think more salespeople don't ask for referrals because they truly don't know how, okay? And it's back to that confidence thing. If you don't know how, if you're not confident in doing it, you're not going to get success from it. Therefore, you're going to stop asking for it. So it's it's... I think asking for referrals should become part of your regular sales process. I believe that every closed sale should open up a new sale. And I think, so one of the things about asking for referrals is I highly recommend that no matter what you're selling, that you start booking an after sale follow-up call um, appointment with each one of your customers. It can be two weeks after installation, whatever you're selling, or it can be, or, or it can be a month. And here's the basis of that, Jeff. I know that most customers, most salespeople think the sale stops when the contract is signed. The customer thinks that's just what it starts, right? So we have to do that. So you book that and you say, hey, Mr. Customer, um, it's been a month since you're using our solution. Did we say what we said we were going to do? Great. Well, can you think of any other um, colleagues or customers? Can you name five other people that I should contact that might have a similar use to our solution. 
that I can benefit them the same way I benefited you. Now, there's a couple to that. I asked for five. The reason I asked for five is if you ask for five, you'll get three. If you ask for three, you'll get one. If you ask for some, you'll get none. Okay, so you have to be specific. And the second thing that, that, that happens is a lot of times we're asking for referrals um, out of the blue and people aren't, they don't have somebody in mind right away and say, Jeff, I can appreciate that, that you know, I, I asked that today, maybe unexpectedly. Um, now, having said that, if you tell them you're going to ask in a month, they'll be much better prepared for it. But here's, here's a form. You can just put some names and email addresses on it, and I'll come back to you in, in, in two weeks to see if you've, if you've thought of anybody. Does that, does that sound fair, Jeff? Right. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, and this is critical, is once you get a referral and you contact that referral, go back and thank your referral source. You don't have to tell them all about what happened. Just say, hey, Jeff, thanks very much. I talked to Sam, um, appreciate the introduction, and we're having some great conversations. Thanks very much, right? Two things are going to happen. You're going to feel good for that Sam's happy because Sam's your friend. Um, two, you're probably going to say, hey, Susan, I thought of somebody else you should contact, right, and get another referral. So it's it's you have to make it part of your your actual sales process. And, and as I said, I give you the exact script in the video, just go into our website, search how to ask for referrals and you'll see the whole, the whole thing right there. Yep. Close a deal, ask for referrals. Don't close yep. a deal, ask for referrals. Meet somebody in the lobby of a, a, a department store, ask for, ask everybody. Cause one of my favorite phrases in life in general is you never know. It's why yep. I'll go out on almost any blind date, almost, <laughs> but you, you really do never know. Look, I'm a sales expert. You're a sales expert. I don't know every time when a deal is going to close. The ones nope. that I think are certain sometimes don't come through. The ones that I think that aren't going to come through sometimes do. But almost everybody who is your prospect or customer knows somebody else similar to them. VPs yep. of sales know other VPs of sales. Marketing guys know other marketing guys. Telephone guys know other telephone guys. So exactly. if I'm selling to VPs of sales and I've just closed a deal, I bet that VP of sales knows two or three or 10 other VPs of sales that they can refer me to. And A, you're absolutely right. You got to ask and ask mm -hmm. in the right way. Yeah, uh, the words I choose to use are, are, hey, as you probably know, I build my business through direct referrals from people just like you. Who do you know that I should be speaking with? Yep. And you got to ask everybody because a well done introduction, a well-made referral, you're 50, they're 50 percent closed because yeah. you're using the other person's social capital. If I introduce you to somebody that I'm putting myself on the line and that I'm only going to introduce you to people who already like me and trust me. It's yeah. crazy to not ask yeah. for referrals. But so having said that, when you look at the statistics and I and I've quote some studies in that in that article on our on our blog post probably less than 60% of, uh, or probably more than 60% of, of sales reps don't ask for referrals. Never. They just don't right? ask. Nope. Crazy. Nope. And my friend Larry Weiss says, our company, AG, ACG Telecom, is built 100% on referrals. We've never advertised and never made a cold call. 100%. Love yep, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the other things that I find quite often comes up, especially with my coaching clients, it's usually one of the first things we work on. Uh, and here's here's where this comes up all the time. When I'm doing large scale uh, you know, programs, not dealing one on one with somebody, uh, we have to break the ice in the morning to get people talking. And one of the things I always do is I'll ask them what their favorite book is and what their biggest challenge is. And um 50% of every audience says their biggest challenge is time management. And the other 50%, once the first person says time management, the other 50% go, oh yeah, time management, that's big for me too. Yeah. So what suggestions do you have for how salespeople should organize their time? 
uh, not suggestions. It's I've got a proven uh, formula that works. Okay. And, and it's, it's probably one of the most popular downloads, free downloads on our website is how salespeople should, should organize their time. Um, the fact of the matter is I get so frustrated um, when I hear things like I don't have time to prospect. Okay. Or I don't have time to work out. All right. Or whatever. I don't have time. I don't have time. All right. Um, it drives me crazy. The fact of the matter is if the top producers can find time to prospect, so can you. All right. You just, we all have 24 hours in a day. It's just how we choose to spend it. Right. So we, we need to structure our, our, our time so that we get everything that's important in. And I'm talking everything that's important, including family time. I'm a cancer survivor. So family time is really important for my, my, um, balance in, in life. So everything that's important needs to be scheduled. So here's, here's some real quick tips on how salespeople can get more out of their, more of the week. First, find whatever you use to keep track of your time. Um, make sure you can see the whole week at a time. All right. Whether it's your, your phone with Google calendar on it. I use Google calendar, um, it, but have it so that it's, you can see the whole week at a time. All right. And what I always do is I'm, when I'm working this week, I'm working this week to book next week. Okay. So that's kind of important too. So what I do, the first thing that I do when I'm um, sitting down on a, on a Friday and I'm booking my next week is I will go through and um, everything that is, how should I, there you go. Okay. Maybe <laughs> full week at a time. Yeah, exactly. Right. So book in all the appointments that are already, that are for sure booked. Okay. So um, you might have prospects, uh, you know, a meeting on this time, a meeting on that time, a meeting on this time, book all of those in wherever they go. Okay. You might have re reoccurring meetings, weekly sales meetings, weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings with your sales manager. Um, whatever it is that you have those, those meetings, schedule them in. In fact, in Google calendar, what I love is you can make them reoccurring and they'll schedule each other all, all the way along. Right. The next thing, and here's the key, okay, everybody should book a minimum of one hour lead generation slash prospecting time a day, minimum, okay? I, I know never see that on people's calendars, Susan. I, I, I always nope. ask clients, you know, show me your calendar. Where's prospecting yep. time? Yeah, Where's exactly. prospecting time? Come on. It's the most important thing you can do every day. Why aren't you doing it? Well, that's exactly it. Put it on the as, calendar. Great. As I've said to, to many of my clients, you could be the queen of England knocking on my door, but if I'm in prospecting time, I'm in prospecting time. Treat it just like an appointment with a customer. Don't cancel it. All right. And if, and if you know, whatever lead generation activities you do, book that time. Right. We talked about uh, referrals. All right. You can book some prospecting time in the morning and prospecting time in the afternoon. If you're all about referrals, then you know what? Call a customer in the morning, call a customer in the afternoon, start and end your day talking to a happy customer and getting referrals. Whatever it is, book that. If you're doing LinkedIn prospecting, whatever, book that one hour, no matter what. OK, and keep it. It's an it's an it's an appointment with yourself. That's we talked about how to define sales success and what you need to do each and every day to, to achieve it. That's where you make sure you're doing your daily activities. You need to achieve it. Just just book it. And remember that workout you never had time for? Book it, right? I have one of the best things that 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 um, my uh, medical team tells me I can do to stay healthy long term is do a walk every day. I book it, okay? Because I know if I don't book it, I'm going to get caught up in something else. But that's important, 
right? It's important to me. Um, whatever time, your kids' soccer games, everything, dentist appointment, book it in, and then you can see where you have holes. So when you're doing that prospecting, you book in the, where you have a hole next week, right? And if, if you're going face-to-face, you book geographically, right? Um, like, for example, if I had a, a, an appointment in postal code K1P, then I'm going to book all my K1Ps there to minimize the travel time, right? So it's, it's, it's all about choosing what's important for you to do to be successful on your own terms and then booking the time to do it. Yeah, right. and never ever end your day without making sure tomorrow is completely planned. I'm with you. I'm booked up weeks in advance quite often. Yep. But but don't leave for the day unless tomorrow is completely planned because if not, what happens is you get into your office or wherever you're working and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, what should I do first? Well, first yep. of all, you're probably going to pick something that's easier to do or more fun to do. Uh, but that may not be the thing that's most likely to generate revenue. Yep. And second of all, you're going to waste five to 15 minutes each time you're just trying to figure out what to do. Don't do that. You want to come in and be immediately productive. And I love what you said yep. about you, you don't have the time. I remember it was years ago uh, when uh, President Obama was president, a man who I miss, by the way. Uh, I remember seeing that I forgot the exact time, but I think he was in the gym every day at five in the morning, something mm-hmm. like that. Well, yep. my thought my thought was, wow, if the president of the United States can find time to work out, I really don't have an excuse, do I? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a matter of managing the time effectively and planning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as a sales manager, I always got worried if um, some something unexpectedly, somebody VP or whatever called a last minute meeting. I always got worried when sales reps could fit it in. <laughs> when there wasn't anything booked in their calendar, you should be booking a week in advance minimum. Right. So um, I always if, if you call a last minute meeting and your sales staff is no problem in showing up, you got bigger problems. Absolutely right. One of my favorite yeah. things to say is, I don't want to see salespeople in the office. Get the hell out of here. Go, go be talking to prospects. Yep. Um, what tips do you have about presentations, about presenting so that we turn prospects into clients? Uh, that's a good question. Um, again, it, it probably depends on the prospect and it depends on what you're selling. But I tend to, I think the key is, is don't talk about everything about your product. Okay. Talk about what's important to, of your product to your customer. So for example, to, and, and all the best presentations start in the discovery meetings, let's face it. Okay. The close really starts long before there's any proposal or, or pricing on, on the table. So if, if, if I come to you and, and I've uncovered through my discovery skills and my, and my questioning skills up front, three really top important things to you, Jeff, from you about, why is it important for you to increase sales? Why is it important? What is it about sales that your team really needs help with? Is it the lead generation or is it lead conversion? If I come up with three really important things, that's what I'm going to focus on in, in my presentation. Okay. In fact, if, if, um, if you're doing it on a slide deck, I would review, right? Here's your top three problems from our discovery meeting. Here's how we solve these top three problems. Okay. Um, I think that's, that's key. Another key that, that has worked extremely well for me and, and always has is our testimonials, stories, testimonials. Um, Jeff, your problem was similar to ABC company that we worked with. Here's what we did with them. And here's the results that they, they found, Um, you know, and, and, and a testimonial quote, as I said, you know, Thanks for the training. I achieved my quota in May type thing. Um, 
What I can tell anybody this, if you want to learn about sales, talk to Susan. Those kind of things I have in my um, presentation. They're all over <laughs> the website, right? All on little yellow post-it notes, which is a tribute to one of my brothers who runs his business on little yellow post-it notes, but that's another story. Um, so it's all about being able to transform your, your prospect from where he is and allowing them and painting that picture so he can picture the end result of where he wants to go. I don't know if that answers your question or not. Uh, I'm not even sure what the question was anymore, but I sure love the, I sure love the answer. But but you, you're saying something crucial, uh, uh, and uh, once again, we're in perfect agreement. Most salespeople pitch. Let yeah. me tell you all about how great we are. I was asking about presenting and turning prospects into clients, right. and it's it, it's not about your pitch. I, I look, I've I've been selling a long time. I, I'm a professional presenter, as are you. I'm mm -hmm. great at presenting, but that's not what helps me close business. And my strong closing skills, that's not what helped me close business. It's my curiosity and my willingness to take the time to investigate them. Cause it's not about everything about everything that I can offer. It's only important about what they think is important. And we can't know what that is unless we ask questions. So what we really want to do is we want to engage people in a conversation as opposed to, let me tell you why Jeff Goldberg and Associates is the greatest company in the world. Yeah. I call that throwing up on the customer's shoes. It's yep. an ugly picture. They don't like it. We don't like it, but that's what we, most people have been trained. You gotta be a great presenter. No, you know, I know lots of highly successful people, salespeople who are not terrific at presenting, but they're really yeah. good at asking questions and listening actively, which most salespeople suck at. That's a technical sales training term, as you know, they suck at it. Exactly. So willing to ask questions and listen to the answers. But how, how can sales rep develop questions that create both value and differentiation from their competition. Yeah. yeah, that's that that's that's a great question. And it reminds me of a of a story early in my sales career. And and my sales manager had a um a, a sales meeting. It was all about how to handle objections. You know, that typical when you get the price on, da 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 da. And and it was a, it was a good thing, but I'm going and I'm top rep in the country at this point in time and I'm going I don't have to use any of those. I don't have to use any of those. What's that? So I went into John's office afterwards and John was great. He's very Scottish. The first month I knew John, I only laughed when he laughed because I could not understand a single word he said with his accent. Um, and, and I said, John, I don't use, I don't have to handle those objections. He says, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. I don't have to use any of those. Yes, you do. You handle them all the time. You just handle them in the discovery meeting long before the presentation is on the, on the table. And then it becomes a natural evolution of the, uh, of the sales process. So I learned there that the questions that you ask are critical in developing that need. It's not necessary. It's, it's the want that's important to a customer, right? It's, it's how, how are you going to help them get to where they want to go? But often they don't know where they want to go. They don't know what's available. Um, so you have to use your questions to discover that. And, and one of the, my best ways is, um, you know, the, everybody's dealing with a current supplier. Ever heard the, you know, whether it's a prospecting uh, objection or whether it's um, they're thinking it. Um, I'm happy with my current supplier. What are you doing here, right? So what, what are the t question techniques again? And, and again, we have this template right on the website in, in, in a video. It's just, Jeff, a lot of companies who are using them, the company that you're, you're, the product you're using right now, the widgets, have told us that they've experienced a problem with this. Have you ever experienced that? Would it help if we could fix that? How would it help? What would it mean to your business? 
Okay. So uh, it's basically telling the story. I'm not saying your comp the competition is bad. Okay. Because let's face it in politics or in, uh, in sales, talking down the competition is not a good idea, but you do have competitive advantages and that's the key. You have to know your competitive advantages. What are true competitive advantages? Uh, It's a questioning technique that's worked for me for years. Um, When I was selling against um, a fortune 500 company, that was the brand name. uh, Everybody knew it. Uh, this is how we did it. Some some customers who've told us they're using this brand of widgets have told us they've experienced a problem with this. Have you ever, right? And if he says no, well, then it's not a big thing, right? And I haven't talked down the competition. But if he says yes, one, I build credibility that we've dealt with other people that who are using that widget. They're now dealing with us. They had a problem with this and we fixed it. Well, that'll help you. That's what it comes down to. Will this help you? And if it won't, then why am I going to spend any time on it? That's the whole key. But you have to know your competition. You have to do the research and (laughs) you have to script the questions. Yeah, I've I've got a secret for salespeople. When they get the, I'm happy with my current supplier uh, objection when they're talking to somebody. uh, My response is, hey, I'm just curious then. What made you take a meeting with me? Mm -hmm. I got a secret for salespeople. Nobody takes a meeting with you because they're bored. Yep. Nobody takes a meeting because they're thrilled with their current supplier. They're That's looking right. for something. Maybe they are happy, but they could be happier. Maybe they're unhappy. But nobody invites me or you, Susan, or anybody else who's listening just because they're bored. Yep. There's a reason they're talking to you. There's exactly. some. It's our job to ask enough questions to find that opening. What What is the competitive advantage that we can bring to the table? How can we show them how whatever they're doing now, we can help them do it better? And I could not agree more with you about the objection thing. If yep. you're getting objections after you ask for the order, you've done it wrong. Yep. You should be getting out all the objections before you ask people to buy. Because if you don't, then once people tell you no, you're fighting an uphill battle. And I was married for 10 years. I don't need any more uphill battles. I want to <laughs> make my life easier rather than hard. Look, I always say this. Sales is not an easy gig. It beats digging yep. ditches in the hot sun, I assume, because I've never done that. But it's still not an easy gig. It takes work. Why not make it as easy as possible? Let's get all the objections out of the way by asking the right questions before we ask somebody to say, will you buy from me in whatever words we're going to use to do that? Make exactly. your job easier. Exactly. In fact, you shouldn't, you shouldn't put a proposal on the table unless you have a 90% certainty that they're going to say yes. We don't make money making proposals. <laughs> This is why I That's love you. That's not what put money in the bank, right? This is why I love you because I say this all the time. We're not in the proposal, but I'm not in the proposal business. My job yeah. is not writing proposals. My job is helping people sell more. You want a proposal exactly. from me? Why? Right. What is it you're looking it, at for? I hear all the time from sales reps when they're prospecting. I get, I'm, I'm happy with my current supplier. I'm happy with my current supplier. My first response is, of course you, they are. Otherwise, they would have called you first. And if they're calling you first, they're just looking for a better price. You're not going to close it anyway, right? So it's not that they weren't interested. It's that you weren't interesting enough. You did not have that tell me more um, uh, mentality or pitch or, or headline, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, a question that I get asked constantly, which blows my mind, uh, is, Jeff, I'm being ghosted. Jeff, my, my prospect is no longer responding to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we already agree that you should always get a best next action step. But do you have yeah. any suggestions for how salespeople can re-engage a prospect that's gone dark on them? 
Yeah, it's it's a common question I get too. In fact, it's one that I put in my book, Ask the Sales Coach, <laughs> Common Questions. Uh, um, yeah, it, it, it happens. People get busy, okay? Um, something else can come up, and especially in this you know crazy world we live in now, you never know what's going on in the in the background. Um, the key is, again, relevant content. Is, is did you, on your last contact, did you actually confirm with the prospect what was going to happen next? Okay, that's the key. Um, is is you know if they said, oh well, Jeff, you know I I, I need to think about it. Well, I can appreciate that, Jeff, that you need to think about it. This is a big decision. Um, when should I expect to hear from you? Oh, I'm going to need a day, or I'm going to need a week, or oh, I don't know. I'll get back to you. Well, if you get the I get back to you, then as we talked about, you missed you know something in the process. But oh I, well, I have to talk to my business partner. Great. Do you have regular meetings? When are you meeting next? Are we on the agenda? Get that date. So often the ghosting means that the sales rep is following up at the wrong time and they didn't get the confirmation with the prospect in my mind as to when that follow-up should happen. Okay. But having said that, sometimes the hottest prospects go dark. Um, we have an email template on, on our website that says, Hey, Jeff, I realize things are, are, are busy right now. Um, just wondering if anything's changed or is it, is it, if you don't want to do business, that's fine. Is it time we close the file? And it's a, it's a good email uh, kind of uh, template that, that uh, both my business partner, Bob, and I have used for a long time. It works very well. Oftentimes is oh, no, 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 no. My mother got sick or we had a fire in the plant or whatever, right? There's, there's reasons. But is, is, I'd rather have a no than a maybe. The maybe on the prospect list is what 100%. kills most sales reps. Absolutely, positively. And once again, I'm laughing because I teach, should I close the file in an email? That's the subject line, all in capitals with three question marks. Should I close the file? And then it's all about, hey, you know, Susan, we were talking, you seem very interested. I've left you a bunch of voicemails, sent you a bunch of emails, haven't heard back. I'm, I want you to know I'm the type of salesperson who's incredibly persistent, and I'm going to keep following up until you tell me not to, but I don't want to be a pest. If you're potentially interested in doing business, let's arrange a time to talk. Let me know what works for you and I'll find a way to accommodate your calendar. But if you're not interested, simply reply to this email and say, yes, please close the file and I'll never darken your door again. So should I close the file? And like you said, I, I don't have an exact statistic, but I'd say 85% of the time people get back to you and say, no, 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 don't close the file. We just got busy with X, Y, Z, but exactly. you're re-engaged. Yeah, you got you to keep them engaged. Well, um, that's exactly. And one more point on that, too, um, from a follow up perspective. Um, don't assume that every email is getting through. OK, <laughs> uh, the only way to truly know if your prospect actually got your email is to pick up the phone and follow up on it. All right. Um, it, it, it's it's I can give you a situation that happened not that long ago. I got a cold email in my inbox. Hmm, not many catch my eye, but this one did. I get hundreds of them. Wrote back, yes, please do what you say you're going to do. A week went by. Are you still interested in giving me the information that you want? I'm sure I was caught up in a spam folder somewhere, and that sales rep um, never checks their spam filter. In fact, everybody should, not to read every spam, but just look at, is there any replies to your subject lines? Real quick, do it once a week, put it on your to-do list. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you don't know if your email is getting through. So pick up the phone. Hi, Jeff, it's Susan from B2B Sales Connections. Sent you that email that you requested on yesterday. Have Just wanted to make sure you received it and it didn't get caught in a spam filter somewhere. Okay, that's the voicemail. And then they'll look for it. 
if he does pick up the phone, oh, hey, Jeff, I just wanted to make sure you got my, my um, email. You might say, Susan, I haven't had time to look at it. No problem. Just wanted to make sure you received it. When should I get back to you to discuss it? <laughs> and you book that appointment right there and then. Um, and if you have, yeah, Susan got the email. Great. What did you think? And you can open the sales process up right there again. Follow up on those emails. A lot of times ghosting isn't, uh, isn't by choice too. Absolutely. Um, in your, your, one of your many books, uh, this one, Action Plan for Sales Success, yep. one of the things you discuss <clears throat> is goal setting and action planning. And, and I think this is a perfect time of year to discuss this because we're getting towards the end of the year. You know, yep. Any tips on goal setting that you want to share with us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> and, it, and it goes right back to, to where we started our conversation today is no goals are more than quota. Okay, what is it that you want to accomplish? Not just what your sales manager wants you to accomplish, but what is it that you want to accomplish? And it, and and define it, okay? Uh, you're right. I have a whole chapter in my book Action Plan for Sales Success on goal setting. And if you, if you want to have a sneak peek, go to the go to our website, download the goal setting and action planning um, worksheet, okay? Uh, and figure out what it is that you need to do each and every day to, to, to succeed. Okay. Get it right down to how many contacts do you have to make to make enough sales to earn that income, to buy that golf membership or that boat or that car, right? Get right down to it, but you have to do it and you have to track your progress towards it. This is what, what, what gets me is, okay. A lot of people do their, their, um, uh, goal setting, but they have no mat, no means to track, how well they're doing. How many calls did you make? Track it. You do, if you don't think tracking works, why are people like me wearing a Fitbit every day? It, it works. You have to track your progress too. So don't just, don't just um, set the goals, set realistic goals, actionable goals, measurable goals, and then track what it is that you do to make sure that you're on, on, on pace. Absolutely. I was just glancing over at my calendar to see what the, the numbers actually are. And New Year's Eve is four weeks from today. We are at the end of the year, my friends. I, I, uh, as I get older and older, Susan, it seems like it's always New Year's, New Year's, New Year's, New Year's. Yep. You know, summer vacation took a, a, a million years when I was eight, but now it's New Year's, New Year's, New Year's, and New Year's is actually four weeks from today. Any yep. particular tips on closing out the year strong? Uh, I know, okay. I know, I, I, you know, a lot of people really give up towards the uh, middle of this month if they haven't yep. already given up. Nobody wants to talk to me. C certainly you can't talk to anybody between Christmas and New Year's, which is a crock of crap. What, what yep. tips do you have for closing out the year strong? It's the year end sales push. It's on. And I look at my calendar and I look really the, the year end isn't the 31st. In my mind, it's probably this year, the 23rd. Um, when when business uh, shuts down for the holidays, there's so much the hurry up and wait attitude or or mental thought in, in this time. I always found very stressful uh, the the year end sales push. You're rushing around trying to close everything that you can, but then you're just waiting, thinking there's nothing to do. Right? Well, there is something to do. So here here's some things that I recommend that you do first. Go through your active prospect list and realistically figure out what's going to close this year. And what's going to be put off to the to the new year? Okay, if there's something that you can do to close a deal this year, do it. Do it now. Don't wait. Just do it. If they need a demo, get a demo. If you can't do a demo, take a video. <laughs> right. Do whatever it is. Um, if they have a question, find the answer to the question. 
but also ask, you know, is this something realistically, Jeff, that you want to do this year or is, is for, as a company decided to put it off to the new year, put it off to the new year. Great. Um, at least, you know, that maybe it's off. Second thing is we talked about referrals. We talked about um, talking to customers. This is a great time to pick up the phone and start contacting some customers, right? How's it going? Seasons greetings. Um, are there any other companies you know of that we should also be talking to? What are their names? Can I, can I uh, use your name to, uh, introduction? Talk about a fantastic prospect list for January is all the referrals that you get in December. Okay. But also goal setting, look back and say, what skills can I improve as a salesperson? Okay. What if I knew something more um, this year? Would I have sold more? Well, what a great time for personal development. Okay. Pick up a book, go learn something new about your product and how that will benefit the customer. Spend some, who was it? Alan Weiss, who said, if I improve just 1% a day in um, 70 days, I'm twice as good, right? So work the numbers. Is there something you can improve on? Take a sales training course. Um, if you're a sales manager, do maybe a 30-minute uh, rah-rah session every morning with your team and go over a new, a new uh, feature um, and how that can benefit. Improve your sales skills. Read a book. Take a webinar. Something like that, right? But yeah. the fact of the matter is you can fill your day with very productive activities, okay? But the main thing is keep prospecting, right? They may not be opening something today, but they'll be opening something up in January. Yeah, I'm going to add in a couple more. One is don't stop prospecting. Do not exactly. stop because unless you have an incredibly short sales cycle, this year's actually already done. This year's done for me. Everything I'm doing now is for Q1. November, so December is all one big one. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to get to January 2nd and go, oh, there's nothing to do. Now I got to start the process over. So that's certainly yeah. you don't want to do. Uh, the other, the second thing is stop thinking that the week between Christmas and New Year's is, is dead. It's not. Now, I don't know about in Canada, if all the businesses close, then yes, it is dead. But not everybody closes here. And additionally, people who are working that week between Christmas and New Year's, that's typically a more relaxed time, which means it's a great time to contact people. And that's what most salespeople won't do. Do what most exactly. salespeople won't do. Do the yeah. stuff that people don't do. And finally, one of the things that uh, I, I, I this was taught to me by my mentor. And when he said it, I'm like, that's not going to work, except I've proven it does. Call up your clients and just say, hey, by, by the way, do you have any budget you need to dump? By, by that, what I mean is people get a budget, like in the sales training bit world, people have a budget allotted each year for sales training. And if yep. they don't, let's say they have $200,000 for sales mm -hmm. training. If they don't use it, they don't get another 200000 next year. If they used 150, they they're only getting 150. So quite often, they want to dump budget so that they don't lose the budget. And I've had more than one client that said, oh, that's such a great idea. Can I send you $50,000 now? Can we use it next year? Yes, please do. I love getting $50,000 checks. Absolutely. Exactly. I called one client, uh, uh, I think it was two years ago, and I had that conversation. She goes, could I send you a check for $25,000 that... Sure, why not? We can use that next year. I mean, it's like heaven. And all you're doing is making the suggestion, which they're not thinking about. They need yeah. to dump that budget. So make the call. If they don't spend the budget, they lose the budget. I'm I'm I live in Ottawa, okay, which is, is the Washington DC equivalent in, in Canada. Okay. Government fiscal year ends, the same thing. Any fiscal year end is they have to spend the budget or lose the budget. It's up to us to, to help them do it, right? Absolutely. Let's see if I can share the right screen. Here we go. Uh, Susan, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, 
how can they best do that? I'm sharing my screen right now, but why don't you go through the best ways to reach you? Yeah, it's uh, all our contact information is on our website, b2bsalesconnections.com. Um, my email address is there. My phone number is there. You can book a strategy session with me right there. Reach out on LinkedIn, right? Um, we've, we've got a, a big group on LinkedIn uh, as well as a company page. My contact information is on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback on today's uh, session. And I'd love to connect and share ideas to help people sell more. That's what I. That's why I do what I do. Yep. So I, I often get asked by people in, in this group, "Hey Jeff, why do you bring on these other trainers who are your competitors and and you know give away their contact information?" That's because I have an abundance mentality. I believe that giving gets you. And I want to share as much as I possibly can with the sales world so that we are elevating the profession of sales. And I'm, I, I got to say, Susan, your website is chock full of free information that's so useful. If you guys aren't going to Susan's website and checking it out, that's crazy. And I, I understand why people are, are saying to me, why would you want to drive it to the competition? Don't worry. If I can help you guys, it's helping me too somehow. It always comes back. So go check out Susan's website. I'm telling you know, I always do research for these calls because I, I want to find out questions. I haven't been to Susan's website for quite a while. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much great free stuff here. You're giving it away. Now, look, we both know why we do this because when you give enough away, sometimes people say, I need more and I'm willing to pay you for it. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm being completely transparent. I'm, you know, we're not just doing this because we love people. Oh, that, that, there's that too. But I'm telling you, Susan's website, guys, go check it out. Lots and lots of free stuff. Susan, thank you so much. This hour flew by as they always do. I love speaking with you and I love uh, all, all the really down to earth fundamental things that you have to say. Any last words? Uh, pleasure to be here. And as, as you say, uh, nobody has a monopoly on good information. And thank you, Jeff, for, for sharing all your good stuff because- I learned from it too. Our learning should never stop. And that's why we, 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 we do this. It's been a pleasure. It really has. And uh, um, let's, let's stay well and let's all get out there and, and sell more. Thank you, my friend. And as, I'll end this as I always do. My friends, sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there and make sales happen. Have a great weekend, everyone.